Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything quiz bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I'm your host, Ken Romeo, and with me as always is my co-coach, my co-host, Mr. Turiago, fresh off MSNCT 2022. How are you doing, Mr. T? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Our teams did excellently. And not only that, we have a uh, exclusive interview with the team that has won MSNCT this year, Longfellow A. Yeah, so uh, in a little bit, we're, we'll get to our interview. We talk with uh, Coach Wong. We talk to their A-team. They talk about their uh, entire experience uh, this weekend and some of the things they did to get to be as good as they are. You're going to definitely want to stay tuned and listen for that. Um, so Mr. T, it was a, uh, really, really great experience being back in person in a large setting like that. I Absolutely. thought, I thought NAQT did a great job, uh, running the tournament. Excellently I, run. Uh, the games were, were, uh, like tightly managed the room assignments, everything was just like this, this, like, uh, I, I, I feel like the metric for an excellently run tournament is when, um, you don't notice all of the people that are making things happen in the background. Um, it's kind of like the, uh, the stage hands in a play. Uh, and I know that there were so many people, uh, that made NAQT possible and we really want to thank them also for all their hard work. So I was with our A team, uh, Mr. T was with our B team and we also had a C team there. We had another coach of ours, uh, Mr. Terrence with our C team. They had a great tournament. They finished four and four, um, really represented our team. Well, Mr. T, what would you say, uh, as the coach of the B team there, what was your favorite moment of the weekend? I would say my favorite moment was one that was a recurring moment. One that kept happening over and over again, which was, uh, the B team just, being like in such high spirits, being so friendly, uh, uh, half jokingly, they're like, oh, we have to make friends with all of our opponents so then they don't beat us too bad. But also in the course of all of their games, whether they won or they lost, they did make friends with all of their opponents. And uh, being able to be the coach of that team that had that like uh, optimism, that energy was my favorite part of the weekend. And beating Harvest Park was pretty great too. Uh, but, uh, I'll say, uh, they, they fought a really good fight and we, uh, we ran the clock down against them. And, uh, uh, it was fantastic for my players to, uh, to beat Harvest Park who had just beaten our A team in the previous round, uh, by a pretty convincing amount, uh, going into that game. Uh, I, uh, I definitely knew we were up, we were, uh, in for an uphill battle. Uh, and, uh, I gave my players a bit of a pep talk. Hey, you know, we've beaten our A team on some occasions too. Uh, it was still day one. So they were still, uh, closer to middle school level questions and, you know, on an MS packet, anything can happen. And, uh, we were able to, uh, uh, pull out that win. And I think my players were really energized by that. And after that, they, they felt even more determined to do their absolute best. Yeah, for me, with the A-team, uh, my favorite moment came right after lunch. And usually there's a little bit of a malaise after lunch. And, you know, we were on a little bit of a roll before, beforehand, we were having a good morning and then we come back after lunch and there is no malaise. There's no let up. Our 18 scores 700 points on a really good team from Texas Annunciation Orthodox. Um, so uh, we finished our day seven and one. We were the top overall scorer going into the playoffs and in the, in the two seed. We ran into a little bit of tough luck with the uh, with some of the draws we got. 
um, we were able to, um, we, we felt a Burley Manor B in a close match. So we lost by 10 points there. And then in the loser bracket, and the first match we see in the loser bracket is Strawberry Park, who, mm-hmm. if you recall, I had the number, ranked number three. That was another really close match. We lost by 10 points, and that was the end of the day. And uh, the B team lost on the same round. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was, it was disappointing. But at the same time, like, our team played really well. I don't think there were, like, there weren't toss-ups that, that went dead or that we didn't get that were like, oh, we know we went over this. And they just didn't remember. They, they played really well. They, they played up to their um, as well as they could. And, um, and after both teams lost, they found each other, they were sitting around having lunch and laughing it up in no time. And I think they really appreciated the experience of, uh, of being there too, which was awesome, which was great. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that's us, that's the Middlesex experience. And, um, why don't we head, uh, to the scoreboard and talk a little bit more, go a little bit more in depth as to what happened this weekend. Sounds good. It's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted. Yeah, so uh, as far as the scoreboard goes, there's really only one tournament worth looking at today, and that is the 2022 MSNCT. This year, there were 141 teams competing in Rosemont for the chance to be crowned this year's champion. It was the first time the tournament was held live since 2019. And as we said before, NAQT did not miss a beat. The tournament was smooth and efficient as it always has been. All right, well, let's start on Saturday, where the day really belonged to Burley Manor A from Ellicott City, Maryland. Burley Manor A went 8-0 in preliminaries, and uh, some of their key matchups were a 4-15-245 victory over the previously beaten Strawberry Park. We just talked about them. A round 10 drubbing of Anderson A from New York City, 6-35 to 110. Andrew, when you get that le- that late in the day on Saturday, mm-hmm. there are Those really teams good teams. Those teams are great. Yeah. Yes, and, and you don't expect a 500-point difference, but... Again, Burley Matter, which is on a roll. And their final match of the day was against uh, another team from Texas, Beckendorf A, who was really, really good. They had a great Saturday. And this was uh, pretty convincing. Burley Matter won 505 to 235. And that's the only other unbeaten team. Right. Uh, other matchups on Saturday were uh, we mentioned Beckendorf A, and they had nice wins over Green Hill A and Longfellow A in back to back matches. Very tough to do. Uh, Harvest Park beat Middlesex A 450 to 255 in round five. But then, as I mentioned earlier, they played Middlesex B in round seven, and uh, we were able to run the clock down. It ended up uh, with a victory for Middlesex 340 to 280. I think, uh, Ken, that really speaks to the fact that uh, a lot of teams over the weekend. Uh, that were labeled B teams are really just uh, the next four best eighth graders, right? Uh, when you get to the nationals level, these are not B teams where uh, these players are any less good. It's just that they happen to be the next four eighth graders that you know have specialties that line up so they can play together as a team. So every single B team uh, that was playing in nationals at that point was a, a really fantastic opponent uh, that you'd have to be on guard against. Uh, Middlesex B then played the undefeated Burley, Burley Manor B, and we won that too as well, 385 to 325. Um, and some of our individual scorers for Saturday, uh, Pranav Baranidaran uh, from California, California Montessori Orangevale ended up with 133.16 points per game. Uh, incredibly impressive. Uh, Samanyu Ganesh from Westminster A from Georgia ended up with 97.89 points, uh, an incredible result. And of course, Neve Sagal from Middlesex A 
ended with 86.32 points. And uh, uh, I believe I may or may not have made some sort of an unfortunate bet against Neve as one of the top five scores that now uh, involves me eating several watermelons at the end of the year. Uh, and so stay tuned for that. Little does he know you love watermelon. All yeah, right, that, so... that was the reason that I made the bet. So. <laughs> All right, so then we get to Sunday. Now it's playoff Sunday. It's double elimination for the 53 teams, I believe, who are in the playoffs. But the team that surprised so many that day was Chenery from Belmont. Massachusetts. Now we had them ranked eighth, I believe, and they were the eighth seed going into Sunday. And they might have surprised other people because they they didn't know. But like this Andrew Gao and his and his buddies in in Chennai, they had a really nice year. And one thing that that I, I can say with certainty, when the questions get tougher, Andrew gets better. So so Chennai starts Sunday as the eighth seed. They have a bye, and they beat Barrington Station. Then they get Smith A, who had just upset Strawberry Park, and they win that. And now they play top-seeded Burley Manor A. Burley Manor next five times, and Chenery cleans up. They win comfortably 375-200. So now they take on T.H. Rogers from Texas. T.H. Rogers had just already sent Longfellow into the loser's bracket. But Chenery was too much for them, and they won 370-245. to So now Chenery had to play Green Hill, and the winner was guaranteed a spot in the finals. Both teams undefeated. Toss up 18, Green Hills up 275 to 180. And then Andrew Gow and Daniel Sheffield with the last four toss ups, three of them by power. They went 295, 275. So Chenery was guaranteed a spot in the finals. Longfellow also started Sunday as the fourth seed, uh, and they were upset by TH Rogers and sent to the loser's bracket. We'll talk about that with the team a little bit later. Uh, the then reel off wins against Westminster A, California Montessori Orange Vale, uh, 675 to 15. Uh, they also avenge their loss against TH Rogers and eliminate them from the tournament. Uh, they then play Harvest Park in a true nail biter with Harvest Park up 280 to 250 after toss up 21. And Longfellow powered questions 22 and 23 to secure the 310 to 280 victory. Uh, Chenery also then had a chance to knock Longfellow out and set up an advantage final in round 21. But Longfellow won 335 to 200. All right. So Longfellow and Green Hill then played the chance to play against Chenery in the finals. Game wasn't really that close, though. Longfellow powered early and often. They won 430 to 235. And our finals are set. Longfellow and Chenery. And it looked like Andrew, it was going to be a runaway. I started tweeting that this, this is it. You know, this, this was the game was over. Longfellow had a big lead after toss up 16. They were up by 180 points, 290 to 110. Chenery calls timeout and they come back. They power the next four. They tend the the one after that, and they close the gap 290 to 260. But the clock's winding down, and we'll talk to Edward later about his. Uh, his momentous moment of powering toss of 21, where they take a 315 to 260 lead. And even though they negged toss of 23, just wasn't enough time left. The match ended 315 to 280, and Longfellow Middle School wins the national championship. So in the end, Challenger Strawberry Park, Harvest Park, and Longfellow B finished fifth. That's right, Longfellow B. Not, not their A team finished first, the B team finished fifth. Uh, Burley Manor takes fourth, Green Hill A third, Chenery second, and Longfellow A, after coming in second in 2012, 2016, and 2021, wins their first national championship. Every single one of the teams that we mentioned also uh, should feel very proud of their performance. Uh, 
any single one of these teams playing against uh, the absolute best other middle schoolers in the country. Uh, they answered so many impressive questions. Uh, they beat so many other teams just to be in contention for those final spots uh, that uh, these, these players were just incredibly impressive. I want to shout out especially Green Hill A, uh, who, uh, when um, my B team ran into them, uh, I believe it was late in the day on Saturday, uh, our team captain uh, let out a groan and said something, oh, I don't want to play Green Hill A, uh, which uh, they, they had a good laugh about, and uh, they proceeded to kind of thrash us into the ground. Uh, so if those teams were able to uh, convincingly uh, defeat our B team uh, on that level, then, uh, you know, the games that they won or lost at that point, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that these teams uh, deserve to be in the top five. And uh, if the tournament were run again, you know, things may have been uh, slightly different. We're going to hear a little bit later on from Longfellow uh, about just how close some of their games get uh, and just how, uh, you know, far of a lead or how far of a handicap uh, they let their opponents get in the first couple of questions. They didn't, they did, they weren't a team that uh, necessarily started incredibly strong on the first couple of tossups, but boy, did they finish strong. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are wondering what it takes to get to the mountaintop, well, who better to talk to than the people that are there. And that is our champions, our 2022 champions from Longfellow middle school. Well, it is our absolute pr uh, privilege and uh, pleasure to be joined today by the 2022 MSNCT national champions from Falls Church, Virginia, Longfellow Middle School. Uh, we have uh, their coach and their A-team here. Why don't you guys um, go around and just uh, just so listeners can put a name to the voice. Uh, coach, we'll start with you. Um, Eugene Huang, I'm the coach of Longfellow Quiz Bowl. I'm Arvishi Kanagicharla, um, in eighth grade. Um, I'm Sarah Trainer. Uh, I am also in eighth grade. Uh, I'm Edward Burrows, and I'm in eighth grade. Uh, hi, I'm Anthony Zhao, and uh, he, this is crazy, but I'm in. Uh, I'm also in eighth grade. That's. Uh, it, it seems like one of our secrets of winning nationals is have a team of all eighth graders, but. That we'll, I promise we'll have other, other strategic things that also will come from this. Uh, we're so excited to interview all of you. Uh, absolutely, uh, one of the first things that I want to ask all of you is, who do you most want to thank for uh, having won the Quiz Bowl National Championships for middle school? I guess... Uh Oh, yeah, I guess I should probably say Mr. Wong because he's been our coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't point at a screen, but if I could, I, I would I would point. Um, thank you, Mr. Wong. Uh, also, thank you to my mom because she drove me everywhere. And uh, she gave me time to study when I probably should have been doing other things. I guess I, yeah, I should also thank my parents because they drove me everywhere and, you know, came to my came to the tournaments I went to. So, yeah. It's everybody's duty to thank their parents whenever they yeah. do like anything. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we were writing all the money for the post-tournament Chipotle's. Honestly, the, the, those came in clutch. Those are great. Well, I'd like to thank my parents too. They just like read me a lot of packets coming up to MSNCT. And um, uh, also in addition, like um, Devin and Abigail, they were um, Longfellow players last year. They both helped me a lot. Just um, 
figuring out physical this year. Yeah. From that angle, I, I also kind of want to thank B team because uh, a lot of the members of B team were available to kind of read packets with us study. We have a lot of category overlap between people. Um, like one of the members of B team, uh, Sophia, she does science and fine arts and I also do science and fine arts. So we were able to study together a lot. And um, I know Edward and Anthony were learning some geography from uh, Eddie, um, another of the B team members, and it was really useful to be able to study with them. How about you coach? Uh, who would you like to thank? Well, I'd like to thank my wife because every May I go to Chicago on Mother's Day weekend. And uh, so I'm maybe once or twice, it wasn't on Mother's Day weekend, but yeah, we're always separated. And she lets me go to tournaments at least once a month somewhere. And uh, so she sacrifices. And I also wanna thank you, Coach Romeo, because uh, probably more than any other coach I've learned from you. And maybe Jeff, Jeff Price too at, at Barrington. I've known him a little bit longer, but uh, I've picked up a lot from you and him and the Cypters at Burley Manor and, and numerous other coaches too. And over the years, it's made me become better and better at what I do. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's um, a, a phrase that I learned when, uh, when the, the team I follow, the football team I follow, the, the New York Jets just drafted a top flight wide receiver and a top flight cornerback. Uh, and they're talking about having to practice against each other. And uh, the, the cornerback, Sauce Gardner, said, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, that's what this is. And, um, and, and I'll say, like, the, the coolest thing after you guys won was Coach Wong immediately turned around and pointed at me. And uh, I don't know, what were you thinking when that happened? It was a cool moment for me, <laughs> but, like, what was, what, was, what, was, uh, what were you thinking? Well, I think I pointed at you because... Well, we finally won one and yeah. uh, we were beaten by you in the finals once. And I think more than anybody else, um, you, under you understand how long uh, Longfellow's waited um, because we had that experience in the finals together. So I, I guess that's why, because we had that connection. So uh, can you just tell me, each of you, what your specialties are? Because there's there's something that is always so unbelievably consistent and remarkable about a Longfellow team. And, you know, we didn't have that this year. We had Neve, who was the number three scorer in, um, in the, the tournament. But I guess you had Devin last year. But for the most part, your teams are always so balanced. Which is just a which is just a beautiful thing. So anytime there's a toss up coming up, any one of you could power it. So can we just, um, Sarah? We'll start with you. Can we, can we just start with what your specialties are? Uh, okay. Um, I mean, I've kind of got like a lot of different things. Um, I have a couple different. Uh, I do some science. Um, I I like astronomy, so I study some astronomy. Um, I like fine arts. I do a lot of fine arts. None of them understand how fun it is to study fine arts yet, but I'll, I'll get to them eventually. Um, and of course, I think also pretty much all of us uh, know a lot about mythology. So I would consider myself a bit of a mythology specialist, um, but not as much. And then I know some literature too. All right, uh, Anthony, how about you? Uh, so primarily uh, I'm a history man. Uh, I want, want, want like, um, 
the area of history I, I do the best in is um is the civil the American Civil War specifically. But um yeah, but aside from history, I've picked up a lot of like like minor niches in in the, this sort of year. You know, like the two things, the two niches that I've really really done well in the most are um are uh, diseases specifically, which has gotten me the toss up every every tourney or so, mm-hmm. and uh, specifically kids lit for for, for no apparent reason. <laughs> I, I've never I've never studied it. It's, it's, it's just uh, whenever tournament comes up, I always get the kids literature for no. Make care. way for Anthony. Because <laughs> you read it. <laughs> so I, I gotta say though, it, you know, Mr. T, you and I were were following different teams, but I had Mrs. Ivy with me. Uh, we remarked on how much the like medicine came up absolutely so so diseases so, so that that certainly was an advantage that you gave your team anthony and uh we had one of our players from last year who is the brother of one of our captains uh just remark about the the amount of kid lit also and an is level question with a kid lit answer line was was kind of funny but like i can definitely see those two things kind of separating you guys from every other team because who else would have a <laughs> who else would have a kid lit specialist but that's that's pretty cool um uh arushi how about you i do um science literature religion mythology and pss so philosophy and social science hmm. and that's also something that's not that's not very common for middle school teams to know a lot about philosophy and psychology and stuff like that so yeah. this is important yeah, I mean, I would definitely say this year I branched out a little bit. So, yeah. And Edward, how about you? Uh, so I'm primarily a histamine, uh, you know, I'm especially a histamine, but I also do current events for the team, uh, as well as a tiny bit of geo, which I tried to pick up in the, uh, you know, weeks running up to Nats. Um, if you want like specific about what history I do, I think I do quite well with uh, Roman history. That's my favorite. Um, mm. I, I do I do that. Um, and then I also do uh, US presidents. Uh, so, yeah. And oh, all of you, uh, go ahead, go ahead. sorry to cut no, in, but all no, of you good. mentioned uh, having like expanded your specialties this year, picked up additional things. Uh, what are the resources that you recommend to other quiz bowlers about getting so good, picking up an additional specialty in eighth grade, when a lot of people say like, well, I've been doing, you know, literature, history. And uh, I love that you guys talk about it like it's a fighting game, like, well, I'm a history main, you know, and then, um, but how do you pick up those additional things? Um, Honestly, okay, for me, there's um, a bunch of bots on Discord. They're, um, they're just like protobol but like they're slightly more specific and they're bonus oriented and that really helped with my coverage and like um, carding also helped a lot, just learning new stuff and memorizing them quickly. Um, I think I think for me personally, uh, I, I, I know that um, obviously uh, Mr. Wong's lectures towards the end of the year, he started doing lectures on frequency lists and um, that kind of gave an opportunity for everyone to be like, hey, this is cool. Maybe we should like look at this a bit more. Um, but I think for me, my greatest resource was uh, the, the Quiz Bowl canon that we have, just like filling it out and being like, oh, hey, this section doesn't have a lot. Let's study that. And then I figure out that it's actually kind of fun and uh, I go further into it and I enjoy doing that. 
uh, yeah, I also have to agree. Canon is probably like the best possible thing because it, you know, you can also look at stuff. Uh, so for example, I looked at a lot of Eddie's, uh, you know, the geo person on B team. I looked at a lot of his entries in Canon when I was studying in the run up to Nats to get a bit of geo coverage. So, yeah. Uh, can it be a really like useful thing you know when you like see other people's entries and you look at what other people find important and like another resource that i i do is is like i i've I just read a lot over the over the year you know like like the supplementary reading and like this book in specific like got me interested in diseases and i went on the entire diseases like rabbit hole and yeah, it's been it's been fun along with the history reading you keep referring to the canon and part of my brain wants to imagine like a canon, like a physical <laughs> canon or something like that, that you have stuffed papers into. But is there like a, uh, a bookcase with binders or something like that? Or is there a, a huge uh, Google Drive file that you all contribute to? Is there a website? What, do you, what is that? I can answer that. It's the second thing that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So in the ancient days, like 2011. The before times. There actually was a notebook, a physical three, three ring binder. And I tried to list every possible answer line uh, on an Excel spreadsheet that I printed out and I put it in the binder. And um, there were no clues. It was just a list of answers. And then, um, then a few years ago, it became digital. And then since it became digital and shareable, um, I had students type in clues. Um, one column for easy and then medium and hard. So it became uh, this huge database that you could study from. And every year I clear it, mm. I just erase everything. I, I leave the answer line, but I clear all the, the clues um, so that the next group can do it on their own. And so that's what they're talking about. Big database. We've, we've spilled the national secrets <laughs> now they just need every possible answer line that could be in a quizable question and they they can copy you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, and it never gets finished, by the way. Uh, yeah. There hasn't been a generation yet that can finish it in one year. It's just we came, you know. we came pretty close. We yeah. we got a lot done. Um, although I think um part of uh my personal favorite part about the canon is uh as you get sort of deeper into a subject, like I just kind of randomly picked up fine arts because no one was doing the fine arts canon at the beginning of the year. And I was like, hey, what if I did the fine arts canon? Because I already know a decent amount about music because I play the viola and I figured I'd do visual fine arts as well. So I did. And it was really fun. And then like um, we were like, I, I was just kind of getting deeper into it and I discovered, oh, hey, like there are these other things that also get tossed up a lot. And so like as um, the as as the toss ups kind of change, uh, you can change what's in there so stuff that maybe doesn't come up a lot like I know there was one specific painting that I've like literally never seen tossed up so we replaced it with um something else that uh Sophia and I did see um a lot more and it kind of just it can it can keep evolving and that helps it just stay like as a current study resource as well so Anthony you were on the A team last year that lost to um uh, Churchill in the finals. And so you had this, you had this cannon kind of already set and then your coach just comes and deletes it. Like how, how does that make you feel that he just like deleted it? Uh, I'm going to be quite honest. Last year, I did not work on it as diligently as I did this year. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> diligently. But yeah, a lot of the, a lot, but I did work, 
I got a few minuscule bits and it did feel rather crushing uh, seeing that the work I, I had allotted some precious time to be whisked away forever. And I feel like the feeling is going to be even worse this year, considering I did large chunks of his, I, I did lots of uh, reading up on history. And so that's going to be some something to get over really soon. I'm, I'm so, keeping it though. I do keep a copy of the old one. <laughs> just <laughs> just in case. Just it's in case lost. you have some of yeah. It's not lost forever. Um, so Anthony, I, I do want to ask you, like, what is what is the difference between this year's team and uh, last year's team that that came so close but couldn't quite um, could quite clear that last hurdle. To be quite honest, I feel like it, it was our mental because like last year uh, at towards the end of nationals, like we all got like very, very stressed like uh, towards the end of the day, you know, we all got very tired and very stressed and we all sort of really fell apart towards the, the few rounds of finals but but this year it, the, the thing that was real, rather different was that we, we had an entire like team of everyone just like everyone just every time like we had a minor setback we all we all didn't like beat ourselves up over it we all like calmed down we all said run it back you know and and just like yeah yeah because yeah because of stuff like that we were able to like really take like really come back from any major setback and like not and it wouldn't have affected it us as much as it would the, the team last year say like the harvest park game it was very close it came down to the wire but we managed to keep our cool and we managed to you know come 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 with the clutch you know coach do you think being there in in person you being there in person with the team and and being able to calm them down like i i i feel like and you know, players feel free to refute this. Um, you 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 can be you have a calming presence. Um, so do you no, maybe not. That's not that's not the case. I mean, no, I sometimes, sometimes. <clears throat> okay, he just like it just seems like no moment is gonna be too big for you, um, Eugene. And and if you can just relay that message to your team, as Anthony said. They, they won't beat themselves up over something. And so being able, being there in person, do you think that made a, a huge difference this year? Um, I think every coach would, would, would agree that being in person is much better from the coach's point of view because you can talk to them face-to-face, -face, you can call timeouts, um, and you can have conversations in between matches face-to-face. -face. There's the buzz in the air being in the hotel which kind of helps keep you awake. Um, when you're sitting in your, your bedroom, looking at a screen all day, I mean, you're bound to get tired. And that definitely happened last year. Um, so yeah, I think it did make a big difference. Um, as far as being a calming presence, this group is really, when they're, in, when they're in the heat of the moment in a match, they are pretty calm. Like one of the calmest groups I've ever had. And, uh, Arushi is very good at managing the team in a match. Um, most of the time, I didn't even have to come up during a timeout to tell him, hey, calm down, focus, you're, you're doing fine. Arushi would say all the right things. And I, I would basically be saying the same thing she just told them. So, um, so yeah, being in person helped. The mentality of this group really helped and the captaincy of Arushi really helped. Arushi's my student and inspiration. She has learned well. A, a very inspiring captain indeed. Yes.
Can I can I add something real quick though to like yeah absolutely. Um, I think something else that helped us a lot this year, um, I know uh, Mr. Wong was talking to us about this a little bit, was that um, because we we all were we're balanced and we all kind of have um, we none of us have like a distinct category to ourselves, really, although like some subcategories are like, I mean, like Edward is like such a Roman history nerd that like none of us like have the same level of knowledge as him but like because we were we're all we have like a very wide reach of knowledge individually um I think if one of us is like having a bad day or if we're feeling nervous someone else can usually just like pick it up maybe not as well but we'll be able to buzz in and get stuff and I think that helps us a lot um when we're playing and it helps nerves not really um get into it as much because other people around you can be calmer I'm pretty sure like every single toss-up in like the finals that we didn't get for some reason I was just going like run it back guys because I was just like silently terrified but you know it was it was cool I think anyone who anyone who watched the finals too and saw the number of like high fives you guys gave each other and like the comments you guys gave each other, just encouraging each other. I think there, there was like a fantastic camaraderie there. That mental doesn't come just from being like a solo player on your own. You all really push each other to your absolute best. So I, it was, it was like such a pleasure to watch. I remember turning to Mr. Romeo during the match and being like, ah, man, right. They, they're just like, they're just all cheerleading each other while they're also running the race. Like it, it's, it's hard to beat that. Um, so the follow-up to that would be, how did you go from where you were as seventh graders to where you are now as the, the best uh, national team in the country? Well, uh, I didn't, I didn't actually play quiz bowl uh, until this year. So a history B person. Yeah. I, I, I don't he know came over to the correct side. We forget. Oh, you're like Justin Young, right? You go from not doing any quiz bowl, just doing history to coming in and being this scary, good history player. Yeah. Justin Young, who still gives me nightmares. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I, I hadn't done quiz bowl before. So I joined uh, the club. Actually, I think I heard about it from Sarah because we sat next to each other in Latin class. I remember that. Oh, I remember specifically you were like talking to me so much about like some small inaccuracy in like a Roman history lesson or something. And um, I was just like, I think you would enjoy quiz bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's how Edward joined. Yeah. So that was kind of uh, funny, but I can't really give a good assessment of the big change because I didn't really have anything last year to you know what what big changes are there from um having studied for the the you said it was the history bowl history b uh, history b studying from so the history b to playing quiz bowl how is it different big thing is that it's individual as well as you know ev- you know in history b it's like every uh toss-up is going to be history which is what i like focus in specialize in and then also uh the fact that you know in history b you can't get all the questions you know you max out um but in quiz bowl if if it's tossed up anyone can get it so Mm -hmm. yeah i think that changed it so there was kind of i had to also another thing i did i if anyone if anyone remembers at the beginning of the year i said it in jeopardy format whenever i answered a question 
I remember that. So I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Back in middle school quiz bowl, you know, my middle school, we had a dunce cap. And if anyone did that, you had to, <laughs> they would put the dunce cap on you. <laughs> Sign of the times, though, man. You're not allowed to do that anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I I remember I think before I joined Quiz Bowl, um, I think in, in sixth grade we had like a team at my elementary school that was there like solely for preparing for latte. And then latte got canceled because of COVID. But I remember I first joined quiz bowl and I had to try so hard not to answer in jeopardy format, because like, if you've watched jeopardy, it's just kind of, it's, it's the way it is in your brain. And like, you gotta adjust. How about you, Arushi? Um, so I don't know. Last year I, was not like as I would say like I was just kind of getting used to it um I like Sarah I did quiz well a little bit actually with Sarah in elementary school wait but COVID kind of messed everything up um honestly like just going into eighth grade over the summer I was like okay I'm gonna get some more coverage so I I I definitely put like more effort and like quiz bowl was a lot more serious this year and Honestly, I would say like just the most fun part was just meeting all these awesome people. And, and that kind of leads us into the, the next thing I want to ask, like, what is the best part about Quiz Bowl in your mind? Uh, I, I think it's just like the, the sheer, like the people for one, I, I've had the chance to meet everyone here, every here on here on A is amazing. So, so is everyone on B, you know, because 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 well, I've been able to make friends with all of them and they, they've been they've been great. Great to great hang out with, great to talk with, great to nerd out about some whatever minuscule quizable topic of the week, you know. And I feel like also another, yeah, yeah, I, something I also enjoyed is just the studying, you know, you can just, you could like, there's so many different ways to approach it. You could hit, you could, you could hit the books, you know, you could just, you could do can, you could do canon. I, either way, like no matter what you do, so, you know you travel, you 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 read, you you know sooner or later it'll come up in quiz bowl. Coach, you've been at it a long time. Um, I mean, this year this year it obviously paid off, but uh, what's what's kept you going? Well, um, first of all, I love the material, especially the history. Um, I've always been a history nerd and played quiz bowl myself and my specialty was history and then some lit. Um, and I like passing that on to, to the students. And, um, and I like just having conversations with them about what we're talking about, whether it be a Roman emperor or a book or some philosophical concept. Um, it's sort of like in a family, you have inside jokes, right? Well. In Quiz Bowl, you have inside jokes that all happen to be about academic things, but they're still in inside jokes, and you can There's so many. And you can in in the midst of a big school, you can you know share little jokes or you know wink at each other, and nobody else in the room understands what you're talking about, but you two know, and that's that's fun. So as a as a math teacher, how often? Because I I do this. How often do you throw in little nuggets that? No one is going to need for a test or, or anything. It's not going to be on the SATs, but it might come up in Quiz Bowl. You mean in math class? Yeah. 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 Today in math. Oh, um, I do that. I do that now and again when we have some free time. Um, Rishi, what did he do today? Do you today remember? in math, 
he was talking about how um, there was a crazy lady in the attic in one of the books and <laughs> nobody nobody knew that it was Jane Eyre and they were all so confused. It was so entertaining. I did it because you were in the room and I knew you. Were <laughs> That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. We had, right. we had an inside joke and I knew only Arushi would get that Jane Eyre joke. Um, uh, I I think one of our random things also um, is uh, I we're, we're, we were doing this book project in uh, English and it's like this classics like you have to like make a project about like the classics and how the story has been retold over time. Being me, um, I chose to do 1984. <laughs> As you can see, Anthony knows exactly where I'm going with this. Uh, for literally 1984, yeah, yeah literally, literally 1984. 1984. Uh, so that's now an in joke, and now I just like hold up the book, and and it's <laughs> literally 1984. So it just kind of ends up bleeding over into like every other part, just because you know we have classes with people like Edward and I were like make the Latin test on I think it was like May 6th because that's when like we're leaving for <laughs> Chicago. Um, just like, it's, it's kind of like, you've got the in-jokes, but they like go outside of Quiz Bowl too. All right. So we, um, we haven't really talked much about the, the tournament itself yet. Um, and so we, we have to ask on Saturday, this, you know, the preliminaries, you're, you start with a, with a buy, right? You actually play a team called buy B. So they just, it's an automatic win and you're going along, win, win, win. You, you beat Churchill. That must've felt good. You, you like not even close 465 to 70, like not even close beat Churchill. Then you play TH Rogers. And that also was not close. You put up 600 points on them. Uh, you lose to Beckendorf who is, who just had a great Saturday uh, come back against strawberry park and harvest park. You finish seven and one. You have the four seed, uh, the four card going into the playoffs. You see TH Rogers again on, um, on Sunday in your second match, which is the third round of the playoffs. And they, they got you that time. So uh, what, what happens in that match against TH Rogers on Sunday? Honestly, uh, I think it's because it was like the morning and we were all like a little bit asleep. Uh oh, Yeah. I think there was also a kind of slipped up on a few uh, silly mistakes, like, you know, could have gotten toss-ups a little bit earlier for me. There was one on Canada, and I lived in Canada. It was also mm. Canadian current events, so, you know. I mean, I think also because, of course, there is, uh, like, the difficulty, of course, goes up when you get to playoffs. We were still, to a certain degree, finding our footing. And um, TH Rogers, like, they're, they're a very good team, and they got a packet that played to some of their strengths um, mm. in a lot of ways. It also played to ours in some, but there were some toss-ups, and it's just, like, that's something that they know. And um, they, they played a really great game and uh, we weren't quite on our, on our best reflexes. At that no, uh, it looks like you negged, you negged five times. Anthony, what did you want to say? Is it, is it specifically, I want to clarify here for the, for the audience. Are you saying that Anthony himself alone negged five times? No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying and that. Then, and now you're putting him on the spot. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Anthony, I'd like, to, no. I'd like to hear about your five negs in that match. That no, 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 that's by, not what I'm saying. I, you I lost by 50 at, points. Tell us about score. the five negs. <laughs> look at the box score. There <laughs> were five Only negs. you are responsible for. I saw Anthony unmute himself, and then I was like, oh, he wants <laughs> to speak. So, Anthony, what did hey, you Let's clarify. It was not only Anthony. Unless it was, and I don't know. I wasn't. I mean, we had like... 
I think, I think we had what's like seven negs one round. We were down like I think we were negative twenty five points in their team. Oh yeah, that and then was we came a... back and we we won. That was that was our first actual round we played. So. Oh, against White Station, yeah. 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 Oh, yep. I I see those negs. Yeah. I think like part of our game, like we we had a lot of like different situations like throughout the competition and the prelims, and regardless, like we would still be able like it's like anthony said like our mental was good and like we were able to come back that is um arushi that that is a very good point it's it's one thing if you are just blowing teams out game after game then you finally get yourself into a close match and you don't know how to handle that and you crumble in the end so it's good to be on like all all sides of all matches like maybe it's not great to be blown out but you know sometimes you need to be humbled and um so that's a that is a really really good point. But so you play TH Rogers uh, again uh, later on in round nineteen, and tell, uh, tell us about that game that you. So you've you just played TH Rogers like two or three rounds earlier. Uh, you you lost by a bit. You know Anthony negged five times. Um, there were five more negs in this match too. I'm just saying. Yeah. There were five negs okay. in this match too. Okay. Everyone always, okay. Nobody ever talks about the negs when it's like a successful match though, right? Mm-hmm. It's always about okay. like when it's you know. Yeah. Hey, I, I think you guys nicked seven times against us in um uh in 2018 in what would what was eventually essentially like a like a quarterfinals and we just couldn't capitalize and you, you guys you had just knocked out our B team and then you knocked out our A team right right afterwards. I'm gonna have so to yeah, it's a, it doesn't matter. Gonna go have to ask my sister about that one. I think she might have been there. Might have been. Uh, yeah, but it's you know. Uh, I think the second game with TH Rogers of that day of the, the Sunday, uh, I think we were better. We had just finished off, I think, our best game of the tournament um, against uh, Pranov and against Calif- Pranov. Yeah, yeah the, the, Pranov. The, it was six seventy five to fifteen. Like imagine imagine holding Pranov, the, the leading scorer of the entire tournament to 15 points. Uh, just amazing. Uh, so I think that gave us a big morale boost, especially after, you know, we had lost the game and that, you know, so yeah, I think that also contributed to us, you know, eventually winning against TH Rogers and then going to the, the, uh, quarterfinals. Yeah. There were many, many, oh, Hey, it's you again, jokes traded. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I was, I was personally a little bit nervous, uh, cause I was like, maybe like, this is going to be another great set for them, or maybe they're just like really at the top of their game. Um, I think we were also able to recognize like, ah, oh, we've lost to uh, TH Rogers once before. Let's like really get in the zone. Let's let's focus for this one. And um, I think we did. And uh, it turned out pretty well for us, I think. Yeah, it was quite, it was, yeah, we had the momentum going from from the first, from the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, from, from the wins leading up to that. You know, we had, we took, we took the, we took the loss quite well, actually. We didn't, really like we didn't really affect our mental at all we just shrugged it off and just kept on going going you know right going into that uh, th rogers game we we're all quite cheerful cheerful you know we, we didn't even like we really we didn't even really worry it was we did we just joke joke joking and playing it off you know and it, it turned out pretty well for us so uh, yeah well and then after th rogers is the game against harvest park which uh was almost almost uh, the end for you guys um, and, uh, coach, why don't you tell me what happened towards the end of, uh, that match, which with, uh, Harvest Park. I can't because I wasn't there. Oh no. So I had to make a choice. 
that round to watch and I was looking at the matchups and I knew it could be B team's last game because um, they already had one loss and a team had one loss too, but um, just looking at what probably was going to happen. I decided the B team needed me to be there. Just a sign of his confidence in you. Yeah, it was. I, I had confidence that Arushi could calm things down if things got, got nerve wracking. Um, but I didn't realize how nerve wracking it was going to be until halftime. I get a text from one of the parents saying they're down by 90 points, 90 points, right? Something. Yeah. Well, like, oh shoot. I should have gone to that game because B team was actually <laughs> winning very comfortably. Mm. And I'm like, keep me updated and I keep getting these updates. And then, uh, so uh, Arushi, it's, it's two eighty two fifty. Harvest Park is up after 21 toss-ups uh, did you guys call a timeout or um, did, what, what did you do well if i remember correctly we did not because sometime during the tournament i don't know if it was in the finals or if it was before like we got into the big grand ballroom mr huang told us he was like don't call your timeout until like after the second half starts um I think that might have been actually in the finals, but I'm sure we did call the timeout at some point because Harvest Park had gotten, I think, like five, six toss-ups in a row starting from the beginning. And six? Six. Six. Okay. six. Yeah, and then Anthony got a nice yeah, power so, and broke him and Yeah, I think like, that's why we, we were um, down at the half. Just um, once we kind of got, like, eh, yeah, comfortable, like, it's – yeah, we were all like, okay, let's just run it back and try to turn it around. I mean, like we've done it before, we can do it again. And then we did. Yeah. And Edward clutched the last one. So yes. Edward, Edward B, Edward's our clutch man. I remember my sister, she told me later, um, I don't think she even told me until after the finals. Uh, she told me that during the Harvest Park game at the half, she was basically like, how am I going to console them? And then it didn't have to happen, which was pretty cool. All respect goes to Edward. He's like clutched two games to yeah. help us stay in it. That was pretty cool. Um, I, uh, that was, it was, it was definitely a really nerve wracking match. Um, we got the final toss up and we knew we really had to do our best to pull it out on the bonus. Um, and I think we were able to kind of put our heads together and, be able to pull it out it was quite astounding too because towards the because like right after that toss-up ended and the, and the clock was about to buzz was about to go out the harvest park tried to call it a, a timeout which would probably and if if, if, if it, they had gone out successfully they would have gotten like an, another toss-up uh after the um their their timeout was over but the of uh, the um the, they actually called it a few milliseconds too late and the clock yeah. ran out so that so like along with edward's clutch we had the we had the the, the, the bit of luck with the timer so there's so it was it's so it was so much of a, a matter of, of like of just yeah you know, I mean, circumstance during the circumstance, bonus you know, just, sarah was yeah. whispering me like stole stole and i was like I was it's a legitimate strategy that. it's how yeah, yeah I know I was I was I was nervous because I was telling Arushi stole stole and I like I don't think stole. you understood like, what I, I meant S -T -A -H -L was a name or something like that I was like, <laughs> 
what is happening? What is she doing? But then I understood. Yeah. Yeah, I think you realize like through the second bonus part when I finally said, no, don't give the answer. Yeah. We just need to let this run out. Uh, our our B team was, was actually also able to beat Harvest Park um, uh, because I gave them the same advice with maybe 30 seconds left on the clock. Um, and uh, they were like, they were all too happy to be like, wait, hold on, what? Uh, but I, I love the fact that you guys are, are such pure quiz bowlers that you're yeah. like, well, no, we could hear the next one. We'll probably get the next one. Um, when you have like sure certain victory, uh, if you just answer a little bit more slowly. So after Harvest Park, you play Chenery with a chance to um, keep it from being an advantage final. Chenery, of course, had a chance to knock you out. They couldn't. Uh, you guys win 335-220, beat Green Hill. Uh, to advance to the finals and you play Channery again. Um, what is it like sitting on that stage in the ballroom that's so incredibly large with everyone looking at you? Absolutely nerve-wracking. Like it, initially, like it didn't even it didn't, didn't even like sink in until like the sheer amount of like chatter started to like started to like grow grow and it, it was it was like that point i was like oh my gosh we're, we're here you know it, it's it's an exact like it, I'm, I'm back here again <laughs> again oh no you know it's, it was entirely up in the air and like yeah it was just, I, I was like really nervous and and whatnot but yeah and and the thing is i had a bunch of like little like superstitions going like every like every round during finals i'd run to the bath i'd run to the bathroom and wash my face twice and like eat like a very specific amount of chocolate for my dad and like drink a drink a sip of tea you know and i and i was just mentally going down the checklist like yeah we've won so far so we need to do this 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 and this and like it there were there were really good distractions from keeping me from going like over the edge entirely but there was still like a large amount of nervousness that was like oh geez this is it folks you know? Oh yeah, about about the superstitions. Edward, do you mind if I tell this one, or do you want to take it? I'll take it. Uh, I also, I kind of came up with a bit of a scientific theory in which I uh, proposed that uh, whether or not I leaned in my chair, like would lean forward, determined uh, whether or not I would do well in that uh, game. And I backed this up with the fact that the uh, the first day. Uh, there was a game I didn't do well and I didn't lean forward in my chair. So I leaned forward in all the other games and I did much better. So that uh, <laughs> that made me that. And also, I think another game where the chairs, it was like a special, it was like a different type of chair than what they normally had. So I couldn't lean forward. And that round I also did not as well. So uh, <laughs> it kind of reinforced the superstition that's, you know. We had a lot of superstitions going. Hey, they uh, work. Yeah. Okay, they, they work. They're not superstitions. I mean, they yeah. work. That's magic. <laughs> I think for me personally, also being in the grand ballroom, it didn't like initially click into place in my mind. Like even when I was going into finals, I was like, I didn't fully realize that I was in the finals. Um, so, you know, emotional detachment, I guess. Um, but being in the grand ballroom, um, I think we had been in one of the other grand ballrooms before. So that was a slight advantage because we kind of knew how like the sound bounced around and stuff. But like, I think for, I don't, I don't know about everybody else, but for me having like the crowd there, um, I know you guys were there. Um, all the Middlesex people were there. It was really cool. Uh, B team, once they got knocked out, they came to spectate us. 
Um, and uh, my obviously my family was there, some other assorted people. Uh, for me, that was actually really energizing um, because there were just, there were like all these people there. And I think um, instead of making me nervous, that just made me be like, all right, like we gotta, we gotta do this. Um, and having people there kind of helped me I guess, stay calm in a way. I'm a massive extrovert, but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. So do you want to, do you want to go, um, not question by question through the finals, right? But I, I want us, I want to kind of go through, I remember one, one detail from the finals was, um, uh, having the huge digital scoreboard over to the side, which at certain points was inaccurate. Uh, that was, that was something for me that I, I was like, I'm ready to go up there and be like, Hey, this is inaccurate. Um, but, uh, I, I guess we could start with, uh, bone marrow. Why don't we start there? Uh, could we, uh, could we talk a little bit about that? How the, the fact that, um, uh, you, you, you won and were not ruffled by what, what a lot of, for a lot of other teams would be kind of a, a tilting situation. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so with the, the bone marrow, gosh, okay, I don't know what I was doing. Um, right after, right when Andrew um, made that protest, I was like, okay, this is definitely, it's going to go through, it's going to be a neg. So I was, I was just telling everybody, you know, it's going to be a neg, so uh, don't worry too much about it. And it's still just the start of the match. And um, we, and I've, because of our prior games, especially with the Harvest Park that just so recently happened, we were used to like starting, you know, less than the other team. And I think that's kind of why we were able to- Giving the other team their handicap. Yeah. That's how you have to look at Let it. Let them answer yeah. a couple questions. <laughs> yeah, it, it really threw us a curve. Things we like really that. picked up for you after that. Uh, you had a big lead at one point. It was- um, 290 to 110 uh, after toss up 16. Coach, you must have been feeling pretty good at that point or not. I don't know what was going through your mind. 290 to 110. I was feeling good. Um, this pretty sizable lead. Um, Andrew, uh, who I just met that day, um, he is now a known quantity because we had just played him like an hour before. So I kind of knew where we stood with him. So I wasn't too worried. And then they call the timeout, which I expected. And um, I give my regular spiel. And then all of a sudden, Andrew, Andrew um, goes on a tear. And uh, so now I'm worried again. And <laughs> that's the life of a coach. You feel good and then you don't feel good. Um, so then we have to call the timeout. And what did you say? No, what did I say? Um, yeah, put I, I that that memorable. Well, the first I, thing I said <laughs> is I went up to the the scorekeeper to tell him the score was wrong on the exactly. Score. Yeah, that's the first thing I said. Mm. Um, once we got that strict squared away, um, I checked the time, and I figured we'd get maybe three more toss ups, maybe four, but more likely three. Um, so we needed one of them. Um, so I just told him that just to calm down, reset. Pretend it's the beginning of another game, and you just need one of these. Before, yeah. Yeah. And they, they were good about they knew they knew what to do. Because every time we had a timeout, every time it was a halftime, 
they told each other. I didn't have to tell them. They told each other, okay, reset, run it back, zero, zero, new game, focus. I, I, I inherited the role of, all right, there's like four minutes on the clock. That means we're probably going to get like five more toss-ups or whatever. So we kind of all just absorbed the, the spiel and then started giving it out ourselves. Uh, when well, I gotta say, like there. before we called our timeout, man, like the entire Shenray team, like I'm pretty sure like definitely two or like all of them like got toss-ups and I, I was just like, whoa <laughs> but yeah 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 very good I, yeah i and i i think the scoreboard thing is something that uh you actually had a disadvantage being able to see the scoreboard which is wild because in, a, in oh, an average yeah. quiz bowl game it's uh, people keep track of the score you know just kind of in their head or on paper or whatever but i remember at one point i think it was anthony who who looked at the scoreboard and i think you had just gotten a question and they they put it in as a neg and you you went they're taking our points <laughs> and just were like incredulous <laughs> like how like this is rigged like how could this be happening and of course they they reversed it but like I, I was like who's who's paying the scoreboard guy to to tilt longfellow like this is you know this is an outrage um i mean, I mean it, like, was, it, was, it was quite yeah. fun. it was quite funny if this well, I mean, if the scoreboard guy was really exactly. paid off, we'll you'll never, never know. know at this point, you know. <laughs> I mean, I um, I I was uh, I don't know if you guys uh were particularly noticing, but like whenever Chenery got bonuses or like we had a couple seconds, I'd like I'd I'd like glance over at the scoreboard, and I you know during timeouts, I'd take the time to like do the math and be like, okay. So like, this is how much of a lead we have. And this is like what we need to maintain it. This is what they need to catch up all, all sorts of things like that. But I remember I, Anthony was like, they're taking our points. And he was like on the opposite side of the table. But before I had looked at the scoreboard and realized that they accidentally gave us points that should have been Chenry's. So Anthony, Anthony was like, they're taking our points. And I was like, bro, <laughs> it's fine. But I couldn't like say anything because it was like on the other side of the table. Um, and I think yeah, they, they, they resolved it all in the end, but uh that was kind of uh, crazy, but you know, technical difficulties are going to happen. I actually, if you probably, if you look back at the the, the tape, like because they are going to post it eventually. Um, it, I was like obsessively yeah. looking over yeah. the scoreboard. I think Edward there. had a hot seat <laughs> because you you were looking straight at the scoreboard, and um, I think Anthony, yeah. I, I think you did a lot with the high fives and a couple different questions to uh, to uh, you know reel reel him in because he was he had a. a like an impending view of his doom. Like uh, if things were to go bad, he would have been the first one to have to look at it every round. Um, but uh, is the high five thing something that you usually do, something you normally do, or something that just kind of developed over the course of uh, nationals? Yeah. I mean, like to be quite on, to be quite honest, like I don't know, because like when I first started like playing quiz bowl with them a lot, it used to be like a, it used to be like a nice, you know, or some or something like that, and like. It's, it still is sometimes a yeah, nice, you know, or something like that. But, um, but like, it usually sort of evolved into something like a high, high five, and, you know, something to like, because like sometimes, 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 yeah, you know, you know, it was that impressive. And I know some, sometimes like people do, do like to like celebrate, celebrate their like, you know, because they, they had just gotten like mm -hmm. a first line or something. Like, 
you know, it's it's great to have someone at least like acknowledge the fact that you got gotten the first line and and yeah, so it's 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 not even it's like not it's not like too long. It's just the high five, you know, and then we go straight to the bonus. So it's it's, it's yeah, it's pretty efficient. Nats gave us the back the the backwards <laughs> high five, which was which was nice. Oh yeah, the Autobots roll out. <laughs> just what we would say before games. Randomly. Yeah. It's uh, it's two ninety one ten after toss of sixteen, and then Jenry goes power 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 ten, and now it's two ninety two sixty, toss of twenty two. Edward, walk us through it, man. Uh, so what happened was I, you know, I research Roman history. It's probably my favorite part of history to research, uh, and particularly I done the emperors and I had studied over them. And I had read Wikipedia articles on a bunch of things, but one of the random Wikipedia articles I happened to read was about Nero installing like a Roman client king uh, after a war with Parthia. And I recognized the name. So after hearing that, it was the first line, I buzzed in and I said Nero. And then that kind of clinched it. And, you know, we won, I guess. This man memorized a song that has all the Roman emperors and like nerds out about Caracalla being a bad emperor on like a daily basis. Okay, not a daily basis. Okay, <laughs> no, it's but more it's like, like biweekly. But yeah, hey, yeah. be proud of it, yeah. man. Be proud of it. It made you a national champion. Yeah. And after that yeah. toss up, twenty three comes. You guys neg it. Chenry picks it up, but it's too late. And you guys are national champs. And coach, how does it feel? Um, the last couple games, I was, I was starting to shake, not just the finals, but the semifinals too, because, uh, I could feel that it was possible finally. And then, um, and when Edward got that, that power on Nero, um, and I saw that it was mathematically impossible for Chenry to win. Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe because, uh, I was feeling emotional because of all the hard work that that the team had put in this year. And then I started thinking about all the teams from prior years that put in a lot of hard work too. Mm. And this year's B team and everybody else that pushes the top players to be even better and how they all deserved it. And, and I thought of all the work I put in and, um, and that we were about, that we were finally rewarded for all that. And, uh, just utterly happy for them um, and for the school and for me. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say, except I wish we had, we had won some others for some other people in the past. Um, but they, they've been very gracious, all the people in the past, like Devin and Abigail and Justin and William. They, they've sent us... Um, really really nice messages well it's it's never a shame to say that if uh if you can see further than any other man it's because you've stood on the shoulder of giants and like those players have made the program what it is today and um like everything that, that they've done has helped these players you know turn into the players that they are now which are you know, the 2022 national champs. How about you guys? How about the players? How does it feel? Well, I mean, I knew Mr. Wong was happy because he starts all of his emails now with champs. And uh, that's how you <laughs> that's how you tell that he's uh, showing emotion. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, it it feels uh, honestly kind of unreal. I, uh, I I I think I like went face down into the floor afterwards. Of uh, it was pretty funny. Um, also, you know, just kind of sad that Quiz Bowl's ending because it's been a great experience this year. Uh, Anthony and Arushi, I want to hear from you guys definitely about uh, y- your win. I, I overheard a, a bit of a conversation between uh, Coach and Arushi about something you had both been thinking about maybe since sixth grade. Oh, um, oh okay. That was actually at the beginning of this year. So um, we have this thing in our school called Lancer Time. It's a little bit like um, study hall for our school. So um, in the very beginning of the year, Mr. Hong was actually my Lancer Time teacher. And um, we, uh, so th- there was a question on the slideshow and it asked, um, I think, what are your dreams this year? Or what that you dream to accomplish this year? And um, like both me and Mr. Hong wrote to win MSNCT. And um, yeah, it's, and then I was just saying, it's crazy because it actually happened. Um, yeah, so I was proud of the entire team. Like we spent a lot of time on this. So this this team really really deserved it. I think it's the hardest working team I've ever had. A team I've ever had. Um, I've had amazing players before, like Devin, Justin, um, Tajin, um, but none of the groups I've had before worked as hard as this team. I mean, they were consistently hard through the entire year. And then the last couple of months, they kicked it into another gear and were studying like nonstop. And one of them even asked, somebody on B team even asked me to, to give her an excused absence the day before we left for nationals so she could study all day for quiz bowl. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna let you out of school just to study for nationals. Um, that, that's how dedicated they were. We did study during class though. Like I, I, I will admit, I, I, I studied when I was not supposed to be studying. Ironically, yeah, the Nero thing came from a Wikipedia article I had read during a class. So yeah. You heard it here folks. If you wanna win nationals, don't go to school. And if you do go to school, don't do what you teach yourself. <laughs> okay. Your grades may take a hit, but your odds <laughs> of MSNC2 will definitely go up. <laughs> I always tell them to pay attention in class because you never know when some, the teacher's going to say something that is going to come up. Stay in school, kids. Absolutely, because um, there's one uh, one um, our my English teacher actually made me read a uh, a short story, the lady or or the tiger. Actually, the lady or the tiger. She made, yeah. she made us write a bunch of questions and made us write a whole an English like like answer a bunch of questions on it. And that ended up helping me first line a uh, a toss a toss up actually like like towards I think the this the start or the end of, of the first day. So yeah, that was really uh, I, was, I actually I, cool. I actually sent her a thank you email after that. Well, folks, we really appreciate you taking uh, taking some time and coming on our podcast, um, and uh, I. I'm really over the moon that you guys are our national champions um, and um, really just fantastic job. I can't wait to uh, see you again next year, coach, and uh, um, wish you guys nothing but great things going forward. Hero from zero to hero. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
most likely the players that are going to win MSNCT 2023 are listening to this podcast right now. It is statistically incredibly likely that the player that wins MSNCT 2023 is hearing these words, listening to this podcast, learning about how this team got there, Ken. Uh, I know that setting up a cannon is going to be something that's on our agenda for next year, for sure. Um, I know that I've talked with Neve about carding and how much that helped him. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, I, th- I think a lot of our players who are seventh graders who and sixth graders who had the chance to go to nationals this year are fired up about next year already. I got to say, my biggest takeaway talking to them, Andrew, was, and we talked a little bit, especially when it comes to the role of the captain, about promoting the positive culture of the team. And if you haven't watched, if you haven't listened to that episode, the role of the captain, um, we interview a teacher who has decades of experience working with different kinds of very competitive teams. Um, And even though it's uh, kind of a, a hidden gem of our podcast, I, I, entreat you i i will tell you you will if you go back and listen to that as a quizable player there is absolutely something you will get out of it yeah not only as a player but as a coach as well because I'm, I'm sitting here listening to coach o'donnell talk to me and i'm i feel myself getting becoming a better coach listen so it's of all of our episodes andrew i think there's there's no two ways about it that is my favorite uh mm. that that we've done so far but but you listen to the respect they all have for each other and the 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 way that they were able to calm each other down and encourage each other through the good times and and the tough times that is something that separates you know the i mean once we get to this level everyone is an upper upper echelon team but but if you just need some sort of extra oomph Boy, that is it. That is it. When you have four players who have a common goal of winning, but at the same time, more than anything else, respect each other and respect the game. That's that. That is the number one takeaway I got from that interview. That that is that mindset is so incredibly important. Absolutely. Um, the uh, the fact that the mental and the uh, the emotional. Uh, ups and downs of the weekends to them kind of became uh, commonplace, something that they had just become used to navigating, coming from behind, uh, winning games that statistically you might argue they they have no business winning. Uh, once the impossible becomes possible, well, you might as well get first place at that point. So, Well, you can't win if you don't power questions. And if you want to power questions, then this next thing might be just for you. The guys at For 10 Points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the 2011 HSAPQ Tournament 16. This poet wrote that dust thou art to dust returnest has not spoken of the soul in the poem A Psalm of Life. His poem, Mezzo Camin, was inspired by his translation of the Divine Comedy. He wrote an epic poem in which Gabriel Lugines loves the title character who is expelled among the rest of the Acadians. The question concludes by mentioning the poems of Angeline, the Song of Hiawatha, 
and Paul Revere's ride. Fitting to this episode, the answer we want is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Decent generalists and lit players will be able to get Longfellow from, from the clues when they mention his poems. So in order to power these questions, you want to know the poems themselves. The first poem mentioned in the question, A Psalm of Life, has appeared in a few questions. Another famous line from that poem is, Life is real, life is honest, and the grave is not the goal. Longfellow, Longfellow was a pretty optimistic fellow at this stage in his life, and he was encouraging his readers to enjoy their lives and not fret about the past or dread the future. The title of the next poem mentioned, Mezzo Camin, is drawn from the work of Dante Alighieri, specifically from the first sentence, first line even, of the Inferno, which reads, Nel mezzo del camin di nostra vita, in the middle of the journey of our life, I found myself in a dark wood with the right road lost. He seems to be going through a midlife crisis where he questions whether he has followed the right path or straight off course. Gabrielle Lucines is a character in Longfellow's poem, Evangeline. According to a Maine Historical Society website, on April 5th, 1840, Longfellow invited friends to dine at his rented rooms in Cambridge at the Craigie House. Nathaniel Hawthorne brought the Reverend Horace Connolly with him. At dinner, Connolly related a tale he had heard from a French-Canadian woman about an Acadian couple separated on their wedding day by the British expulsion of the French-speaking inhabitants of Nova Scotia. The bride-to-be wandered for years trying to find her fiancé. Connolly had hoped Hawthorne would take the story and turn it into a novel, but he was not interested. Longfellow, however, was intrigued and reportedly called the story the best illustration of faithfulness and the consistency of a woman that I have ever heard or read. And of course, that poem turned into Evangeline. So listen, my children, and if you should hear a toss-up about the Acadians or about Paul Revere, buzz in and say Longfellow. I did not know this, Mr. T, but Acadians turned into Cadians, which turned into Cajuns. So the word Cajun comes from the fact that they were Acadians. I did not know that until I did researched that. that buzz phrase. Uh, I just want to end with uh, a really big thank you to not just the players that came to nationals, but the parents. Uh, I was able to go to a little bit of a uh, quiz bowl end of year party this last weekend. And uh, all of our kids were in such high spirits. Uh, some of our kids weren't there because they were playing in even more quiz bowl tournaments that same weekend. They were playing in a high school tournament as middle schoolers. Uh, and I think that without our parents and without uh, the adults that uh, support our students, uh, we would not be able to, to play this great game that we all love. And so uh, while our players, uh, while Longfellow was thinking about all the people that they wanted to thank, I just want to take a moment and thank all the parents out there. So thank you. And uh, when Coach Wong thanked his wife, I certainly uh, share that. Uh, we have, you know, two kids and she um, happily takes those, those kids, uh, watches those kids while I'm out in Chicago. And next week, not, or next year, not only will it be Mother's Day weekend, it'll also be her birthday. So, so it's, a, it's a double whammy for sure. So we better win. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for listening. This has been for 10 points, the best podcast on the web for everything quizable related. Hopefully, whether you're a player, a coach, uh, a person who is aspiring to win nationals next year, we have helped you improve. 
Uh, I am Andrew Triago signing off for my co-coach, Ken Romeo. See you all next year.